Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everything is operates online. So they, they all they need to do is go to sort of domacom.com.au they can open an account. Um, they can nominate the legal structure that they want that to be in. They can open an account. They can transfer some some money they want to invest into property. This is Property Invest Story, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum. And in this episode, we're keeping the conversation going with General Manager of Sales and Marketing for Domacom, Warren Gibson. You'll discover how you can use the online platform to get your foot in the ladder to invest in a property and how it works as a service. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. So, for Gibson, was there anything holding him back from initially investing into property? I guess finance is always an, is always an issue. Um, you know, when you're educating children and paying off a mortgage and you're investing into business um, and the business is necessary to generate your income. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, that's that's the main, I guess that's the main thing for everybody. And the time period between investing into a business and getting returns from it varies. You know, that's still uh, an ongoing, it's still an ongoing uh, story. Um, in the last one, it was uh, over a 10-year period, so we did well out of that one. Um, this is a different, uh, a different period and uh, it's still building. The previous business was Portfolio Administration, which started around 2000 as a solution for financial advisors and accountants to administer their client portfolios. Then, Domacom was born. And the idea for Domacom came about partly as a result of, of being engaged in that business. And it, wasn't my idea. It was was our CEO's idea, Arthur Namedes. He was the CEO of that particular company as well. So we've worked together for a long time. One of the things that we noticed is we had about eighteen thousand self-managed super funds that we did the administration work, and ninety percent of them had no property in their super fund at all, and ten percent of them had nothing but property. And that harks back to my earlier point around the the uh, the problem with property is it's an all-or-nothing proposition. So most most self-managed super funds, I think the, the, the average or median balance of self-managed super funds in Australia is about $600,000. So if you're going to invest 20%, 
what are you going to buy for 120000 You're not. If you've got a self-managed super fund, you have to set up a bear trust and there's all kinds of things and you've got to borrow the money. All that does is increase your exposure to that particular asset. So you've got single asset risk exposure, you've got debt exposure, tenancy exposure. Um, and most people obviously don't want to do that. Otherwise, they would they would have. But 90% of these 18,000 funds, and I think that's a fair sample that you can apply across the other, you know, 600,000 funds or whatever, um, is a reasonable, you know, it's a reasonable sample. And the conclusion that you draw is that, yeah, most of, most of these aren't going to have property investment because they can't afford to buy a property. They don't have enough money. And that's, that was the kind of aha moment, if you like, in that last business that drew us to solution, which is Domacom, to enable people to buy 10% of a property instead of 100% and have other people buy up the other 90%. Although he didn't condition his mindset through any specific resources or mentors, Gibson's experience has taught him to be wary of spruikers. I must say, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the of, of the, of the spruiking type things that are go that go on uh, around the place. And I think, you know, that um, that scepticism is probably um, cemented by some of the failures that have occurred. There's lots of people around who want to tell everybody what's the best thing to do and how to do it, and one wonders why they're sharing that. Uh, information and charging people for the privilege. Um, so I'm kind of sceptical about some of that sort of stuff and I've had some experience with people who've taken advice at seminars and and uh, gone out and, and and done what they thought they were told to do and, you know, it's been a disaster for them. Um, you know, you've got to be careful that you don't bite off more than you can chew. I asked Gibson where the name Domacom is derived from and explained it was from the Greek word domus or house and com representing communication and online access. Everything is it operates online so they, they all they need to do is go to sort of domacom.com.au. They can open an account. Um, they can nominate the legal structure that they want that to be in whether it's their individual name or it's a couple or a partnership or a company or a superannuation fund. They can open an account, they can transfer some, some money they want to invest into property and it really can be as little as $2,500. They can transfer that, it, it goes into a bank account at, uh, at the ANZ. Um, they have control over that bank account. They can come and go, add to it, withdraw from it. Um, they get an interest rate, which is quite attractive. I think it's 2.08% at the moment. So it's the cash rate plus 58 basis points. Um, they get that interest rate and then they can go online and look at what properties are available that they can make a bid on. Um, and these properties may be, you know, will be partly pledged to by other investors. So we call that a, a book build uh, campaign and as people come in with different amounts of money, two and a half, five, ten, whatever, twenty thousand dollars and the book build grows for a particular, if it's a specific property, when it gets to 30%, we begin the due diligence process. 
So we engage a conveyancer to make sure that there's legal entitlement to this property. And I guess to 50%, we engage a valuer to value the property. We, we don't want to be paying too much for this property. So we need to, we need to have an independent valuation on it. We're not going to listen to what agents have to say or anyone else. Uh, we then engage a, a, a property inspector to go. And these are all external people to us, so they're all independent. The property inspector will go and make sure that you know the property is sound, that you know, the roof's not caving in, it doesn't have termites or there are no significant problems with it. As people pledge towards this property, when it gets to 100%, we, we engage a buyer's agent and he goes in. If it's an auction, he'll, he'll go to the auction and bid for the property or you'll go to the negotiating table and, and try to acquire the property at the best price you can. It might be an off-market property for all we know. Coming up after the break, we'll find out more from Gibson about how Domacom functions to aid you as a property investor. What we did to to solve the issue of of having the funds first, and that's what crowdfunding is about. It's a chicken and egg problem. You know, what do you... What do you need first? Do you need the property first or do you need the you need the money? The issues they face to create the online platform? It's not like, oh, like I'll sell the bathroom because I need $10,000 or something like that. You can't, you either, again, it's all or nothing proposition. You either sell the whole property or you, or you don't. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. at buying or investing in property? Like what are the property hotspots or how do I start my portfolio? Clever ways to renovate and how to make an extra $50,000? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts at the Property Buy Expo in Brisbane on the 26th to 27th of May. Use the promo code PI for a free 2-day pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit the website at propertybuyexpo.com.au. Now back to the show. By using crowdfunding as a platform, Gibson's team are able to access the funds for the properties they place on offer before providing a strategy for the interested investor. I don't think everybody knows that you know property comes to market four or five or six weeks later, it's gone. Um, sometimes, sometimes even sooner. Um, it may be an auction, the vendors may get an offer you know, um, before the auction that they're quite happy to take or they may let it go through to auction. But yeah, the, the selling process is very is very short and it can take longer than that to, to raise the funds. Uh, where it's a project, like the energy project or rural project, they're generally on market for quite some time or we're raising, you know, the, the, the capital for the project. So we may have several months uh, to do that. What we did to to solve the issue of of having the funds first, and that's what crowdfunding's about. It's a chicken and egg problem. You know, what do you what do you need first? Do you know, you need the property first, or do you need the you need the money? You clearly need to have the money first. If if any of the listeners are going out and buying a property, they don't choose the property, sign the contract, and then go off and organise the finance. They get all their ducks in a row. So they get their finance organised first. Um, so what we put together are strategies, um, residential strategies. And because as I said before, the asset, the properties, they're not a problem. There's 
hundreds of thousands of properties for sale around the country. So that's not an issue. We have a strategy. Now, it could be a Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, or a combination strategy. Um, put your money into the strategy. When we, we've got enough to, to acquire um, one or two or three different properties, then we can close the book and we instruct uh, a buyer's agent or a property advisor to go out and find us properties that we can, that we can acquire. So we get the money together first, in other words. Now, that's a bit of a leap of faith for people because they, they're sort of saying, well, you know, what is the property I'm investing in? You know, I want to know what it is before I put my money in. Um, we can't do that because, as you say, we run out of time um, more often than not. So uh, we need to have the funds at the ready and then we go looking for the property. In order for this scheme to mature and for investors to receive something in return, there is a stipulated expiration date. Normally, uh, with the residential properties, our, our product disclosure statement has a five-year term to, to expiry. So when we get coming up to the, to the, to the five years, the end of the, the five years, we'll then send a note out to all of the investors. And on average, we probably have 12 investors per property. That's about the average at the moment. We've got as many as 94 in one farm, but maybe only three or four people in another property. The average across all the properties we have is about 50, about 12, I mean. Um, and um, so what we do is we'll send a notice out to them saying, we're coming up to five years. It'll be our intention to wind up the sub-fund, sell the property and return the capital to to the investors. There's no exit fees. We don't take a share of any of that. Uh, at all. But if you'd like to keep the property, let us know. And provided the people who don't want to stay in can get out, um, then and the, by the others buying them out, then we'll roll it over for another five years. And we can do another five years after that. An issue which Domicom has had to remedy is liquidity. It's not like, oh, like I'll sell the bathroom because I need $10,000 or something like that. You can't, you either. Again, it's an all-or-nothing proposition. You either sell the whole property or you, or you don't. And that was a th- one of the things that we recognised straight off the bat, that liquidity is an issue. The ability to buy bits of property, that was an issue. The ability to get out partially if you need to, that's an issue. So we applied uh, under our Australian Financial Services licence for an authority to make a market. And we, we received that from, from ASIC and created an online liquidity facility. And it's basically like a marketplace, a bit like E-Trade or a Comsec or um, in an online share equity trading platform. It has market depth. You can go into this platform and you can put in a sell order for your units, either all of them or just some of them. You can put any price you like. Probably no one's going to pay much more than the current valuation, but who knows? You might be lucky. If you're really, if you're really, really, you know, urgently need your money out as quickly as possible, you'll drop the price, and somebody will buy it because if the price drops, that increases the yield. So let's let's go back to the equities market. If you've got some share, if you've got, you need some money quickly, and you've got some shares in BHP, you'll go online and you'll put up, you know, 100 BHP shares at 24 bucks, blah blah blah. And if no one's buying them because the price is you know, twenty three ninety. You'll have to drop your price, and as soon as you drop your price, someone will buy them. There's probably already orders in there to buy. So we have an online liquidity facility, which means you can get out at any point in time. You don't have to wait till the five years. 
In the event that a lot of people want to get out, similar to a severe share market drop, how would this affect Domicom as a business? A couple of things there. Um, people recognize that property is a long-term investment. If they need money and they've got funds in equities or they've got funds in cash or, or fixed interest, it, it's probably better for them to access those funds first rather than access their long-term property. And I think most people probably understand that. Second part is we've only done three secondary market trades, as it were, uh, on our platform anyway. So we're only two and a half years into our first property acquisition. So nobody's really looking to get out. In disrupting the property industry through this technology and outsourcing many elements of the process, Gibson himself doesn't identify as a property guru. We've developed a technology platform built on a, on a robust uh, legal structure um, that's, that's very widespread in, in, in Australia called a managed investment scheme. All property trusts and share trusts are built on these, on these schemes pretty much. And, and we've, built, we've built a technology platform, a legal structure, and, but we're not the property gurus. We don't choose the properties. We let people choose the properties they want or they can engage a property advisor and have them choose the property. We just operate a platform that enables people to to buy and to trade in, in fractions of, of property to, to, to effectively democratise property and make it available to more, more people. And you know, you, you have to realise there's a lot more people out there with twenty thousand dollars than there are with with a million, and there's a lot of people out there struggling to get their foot on the on the property ladder. A lot of young people have just given up hope altogether, and maybe that's why they spend all this money on avocados. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's what they say. Uh, Bernard Salt's got a lot to answer for, I suspect. <laughs> um, anyway, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle, but if you can buy a bit of a property. You know, then you, you you know you've got your foot you've got your foot on the ladder, and here's another interesting element too to this, and that's saving for property. And I, I use my son as an example on this, and and you know he's 23 years old and he's got I don't know 30 40,000 dollars in the bank or something like that that he's that he's saved from his uni jobs and stuff like that. And I say to him, what are you getting? Oh, I'm getting 1.95% interest. I said, that's great. It's 45 bips over the cash rate. That's that's pretty good. He, by the way, is not all that interested in buying a property because I think he just plans to stay at home forever and a day. But anyway, that's another that's another story. But I said, if you're in, you know, if you're interested in getting out and going living somewhere, where might you live? I might live in Carlton. It sounds a good spot to be. Well. But you're saving your your deposit for your house in Carlton in a bank account and getting 1.95%. But Carlton's going up by three, four, five percent. The longer you save, the further away you are getting to to buy a property. Why don't you buy a fraction of a property in Carlton, and that way your money is tracking the Carlton market. And so instead of saving it in the bank account, save it in a property. He says, "Well, how do I get out?" I said, "Well, you can use the secondary market." Or after five years, if the fund winds up, you, you're, you're out. But any time, you can use the secondary market to sell your units. So in other words, you're saving in the market you want to buy in eventually rather than saving in a completely different uh, asset class like cash, which is not going moving ahead. So it's a, it's a good way for people to save for property and they're probably less likely to... Um, 
you know, to uh, go and access the money and fritter it away someplace. Not that I think my son will ever do that, but he's probably got the first dollar he, he earned. But anyway, so that's uh, that's, that's another uh, another uh, way in which you can use, you know, fractional property. You can use the Domacom fund as a savings tool. And in fact, soon we'll be launching a family and friends section in our in our platform that'll enable mums and dads and aunties and uncles and grandparents and siblings to band together to buy a property between them and and maybe for one of them to live in if you'd like to contact gibson to learn more about domacom and what they can do to help you with your property goals you can visit their website go to www.domacom.com.au so Domacom is D-O-M-A-C-O-M. Thank you to Warren Gibson, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar Warren Gibson and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening.